Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The biggest convention of its kind ever in the UK, Wrestling Media Con 2018 is heading to Manchester on the 8th and 9th of September. Wrestling Media Con 2018 will feature live wrestling shows from Revolution Pro and Impact Wrestling, meet and greet with all the talent, panel discussions from the likes of Inside the Ropes, and workshops on how to get into the world of professional wrestling from former WWE writers and bookers. There will also be guest matches from Defiant, NGW and an NWA World title defense by Nick Aldis taped for £10 of gold. Other names announced for Wrestling MediaCon 2018 include the Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer, Colt Cabana, Sean Waltman, Cultaholic, Botchamania, myself and Ollie from the Wrestle Ramble, and many more to be announced. Wrestling MediaCon comes to the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, England on the 8th and 9th of September. Tickets are available now from WrestlingMediaCon.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am. Whoa, 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 whoa. What is that? Uh, sorry, you're pointing to a four-star review on iTunes. I was doing the multitasking feat of loading up iTunes reviews while actually saying the intro. And we sort it by most recent, then we scroll down to the last one we think we read out. And then there it is. The, the second most recent review is four out of five. Who gives a four out of five star review? It's either five stars or one stars. There's no in between for a podcast. Maybe it was a slip of the finger. That's what she said. Okay, well, I've just skim read that the whole review. I'd give you five stars, but not only do you not like the one winged angel, but you are not in. Je- We're not in Jeddah. Oh, okay. So he was making a okay. joke. Okay, well that's funny, but it's not enough to let you off the hook. You know who you are, low underscore rider 100. I want to see that corrected to five stars by the time we get to reading your review out. Which, yeah, which will be in a few, well, probably about a month's time, I'd have thought. Unacceptable. Also, unacceptable. The, also, the joke would have been funny if it was Tokyo Dome. 
Yeah, but Jeddah's Jeddah's funnier, I think, at the moment. Man, are we? We're actually. We no, 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 no. We're we're not that. Sorry, sorry. I am Ollie Davis, and I'm joined. By Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. You and I were intending to do a short podcast intro and outro because we have about five other hours of stuff that we need to record, including Saturday's episode, which we're going to record once we finish this. And we've still got more stuff to record for Ramble Club before we get on out of here. But I did forget to ask you yesterday your parking situation, your parking nightmare you had. You yeah, kind of teased yeah. it on the raw review, and then we didn't discuss it. Well, it wasn't. I did. I did tease it as, "Man, this is a tedious story," uh, but I, I'll do my best to recap it briefly. Pretty much, I thought I'd play the system of parking by that. There was a little offer where if you went to Cineworld, which is a cinema chain in the UK, and got a, and saw a movie and got a ticket, you could cash that in at the car park next to it. For, for free parking. And I thought, this is amazing. I could go and see WWE Raw, get a free ticket, because I get free tickets because I've got a special Cineworld card. Uh, that's not a celebrity thing. Nope. It's something you pay a flat £18 subscription for every month. So I went and got a ticket for Infinity War, and then I went to cash it in at the end of the night, thinking I'm the big dog. I'm not the big dog. I'm, I'm Big Cass. <laughs> <laughs> the... The, the parking attendant looked at me and went, oh, yeah, that you're not in the right car park? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, this is where the O2 car parks stop, and your car is here. And it, literally, we're talking metres. Well, it's more than metres, but it all looks the same. That's TFL's car park. Oh, no, no, TFL car park. That's Transport for London, if you're a, a, mm. yeah, an American or not a UK listener. Independently or not run. a London listener. Yeah, independently run. Did not qualify for the offer. Had to pay thirteen pounds, which was fine. That's actually that's still pretty good. It's actually very competitive for that part of London. It's about like thirty-one pounds to park in the eighties, wasn't it? Yes, yes. So it could have been worse, but uh, it couldn't. It it could have been a lot better. And then yeah, it was total gridlock getting out of the O2. I was sat still for about twenty twenty-five minutes, and for a, a good fifteen minutes of those, two two young chaps who were very kind enough to recognise me was sitting sitting in the car next to me. And, and I was just trying to do everything but not look at them because it was, you know, you get a bit embarrassed, don't you, yeah. when, when these things happen. Especially if you're then stuck in that situation. Mm. It's fine for like a, a minute to two minute long thing. You're like, oh, hi, how? Oh, thank you for watching the show. And it's like, oh, now I don't know what to do and you don't know what to do. And now it's just an awkward thing that we're stuck in because our cars can't physically move anywhere. But it is funny as well because when we were going to the arena, your uh, lady partner rang... And was like, are you in the car? And you went, yeah, I decided to drive. And she went, huh, really? And you were like, yeah. She was like, is the traffic not bad? And you were like, no, it's fine. Because on Google Maps, it says it's only going to take me half an hour to drive home as opposed to the hour on public transport. But was it? Well, I, I, was, I was five minutes up and I didn't have to deal with the proles who get public transport. So, okay, so, so it's, it's, a, it's a lot more pleasurable. So it 55 took you 55 minutes. minutes. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, you know. Hey, man, I met two really nice guys on the tube home. It was lovely. We, I chatted with them all the way to, I think, London Bridge. Well, we've got we've to be in and out of here quick today, as uh, my chat-up line used to be. So let's get on with the show. The New Day, where it was a normal match. It's nothing like, it's not like the New Day have turned on each other, but at the end of this match... 
that commentary was very much playing up the idea that we could start to see the New Day go their separate ways. And this is because the New Day won their match against the bar. And the idea was whichever team won would get to choose one of their team to go on to Money in the Bank and compete in the Money in the Bank match. So one of our, out of either Kofi Kingston, Biggie, or Xavier Woods is in the Money in the Bank match. But of course, it's up to them to decide. It is indeed. So it's going to be interesting as well, because you are right, like Corey Graves in particular, as soon as Woods won the match, he essentially said in commentary, this is the implosion of the New Day. This is where it all comes to an end. And Byron Saxon go like, no, they're all best mates. They'll be absolutely fine. So who knows where this is going? But it's interesting. Who? Who? Uh, where? 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 But it's interesting as well, because they, um, when the New Day cut a promo before Greatest Royal Rumble, they had this whole spiel about how, like, hey, we're essentially going to win this uh, Royal Rumble as a unit. However, only one of us can win. And it's, it's Xavier Woods who's cutting this promo, and he's like, and we all know that's Kofi Kingston. And Kofi's like, what? Why me? And they were like, because you're the best one out of all of us. You have to win this. So I wonder if it's almost like this could be a possibility that the new day is going to implode. But they also do have a track record of being like, when one of you wins, we all sort of win. Like, it's the same when they had the tag belts. It's like, hey, it's, we have the tag belts, but all three of us are tag team champions. So there isn't really that sort of tension within them. But will one of them getting more success than the other kind of lead to some jealousy, that lead to that biggie heel turn that a lot of people think might be coming? And you used to have... Yeah, who, who thinks that might be coming? There's a lot of people. I mean, there's no, like... Who? The, who, who? Who? There's no, like, dirt sheets or anything saying like that. It's just, like, I, like Gorilla Position have always been saying they, like, they think... Oh, OK. It, they think, like, a, a I've big, never heard that. A biggie heel turn is coming. I've seen people online say, like I Biggie's got to be turning heel on the new day and things like that. So it's it's something that is a possibility. And Xavier Woods is such a great single star as well. I'm I'm really really high on him at the moment. But I mean, so what what are your thoughts on the on the possible new day implosion? Yeah, I well I don't think anybody wants to see these guys break up on bad terms. I've all, and I've we've said this from the moment they started to properly get over as an act. Weirdly. As heels. It's weird to think of the New Day being obnoxious heels, not really changing anything about their characters, and still being completely over as well, babyfaces. Do you remember their original version? Yeah, when the, they were, the sincere version. The sincere version, when they were babyfaces, and then talking about the power of positivity, it was like, nope, this is rubbish. And then, and they, it, just, then they just did the same shtick, and it became a heel act. It, it, it was not only rubbish, it was kind of like old man unconscious racism directed by Vince McMahon I assume like this is this is a good thing yeah let's yeah. get the minstrel show out <laughs> like, that's, that's what the, the kids like in the vaudeville these days it's so funny their interview with Jericho like way way back when like when they sort of almost got together as a unit and they were doing and Jericho like asked him like what was the possible team names that you were presented with and one of the team names they were presented with was Fresh Coat of Paint like hmm. It, it, just the fact that someone even presented that as an idea for a tag team name. Hey, sometimes you just got it. You just throw a load of ideas out. It's it's unfair to. I mean, if some people saw some of the names we come up with for shows, uh, like what? Well, that they're all you know. In the, all fairness, this name we sat down just before we turned the camera on. I was like, oh, what are we going to call this show? Mm. Oh, I mean, like show format names, like you know, the Wrestle Ramble was once called that Wrestle Talk Show, <laughs> like that's so Raven, yeah, or that seventy show. I think that's, that's more or less our thought process. That's terrible, it was awful. I thought that was a good idea at the time. <laughs> I thought it was Ugh. a placeholder name. It worked, yeah. worked for a while, uh, but yes. anyway. So we shouldn't judge people. Sometimes yeah. people just uh, scatter people ideas. in class. People in glass houses should not yeah. throw stones. And. Uh, uh, so, so who's gonna who's gonna move on? I 
that there's totally an argument for Kofi. And I think as people, the New Day want it to be Kofi. They're all like Biggie and Xavier must think the world of Kofi Kingston. Watch their table for three episodes. They're always going on in the little backstage WWE.com exclusives that Kofi is one of the best, most unsung heroes in WWE. And look, he, he really is. Been, been with the company for over a decade. He's one of the longest serving veterans. He's just got a body and a face that doesn't appear to age. We watched Money in the Bank 2011, which was seven years ago, which is just insane to think about by itself. He doesn't look any different. WrestleMania, the Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania 25. That's That was 2009, 8, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't look any different there either. The man has some kind of anti-aging magic going on. So perhaps he could be the one that turns heel. If, now, if well, the, if, and then I, because you could do this video package of the New Day picking him up and all of a sudden Kofi's just like yeah I am better than both of you why have I been wasting my time with you two jabronis mm. when I'm so much better yeah well I, d- I mean I don't think they should turn heel no, so, you need to so so all I'm just scraping that to the side uh, I'm just thinking of it in terms of which one they would get behind uh, because if one of them goes on in this singles run, that's not that doesn't mean they all have to split up as a unit. The other two can go for the tag titles or wrestling tag matches, and the other one could just be at ringside. It doesn't mean like when someone goes on a singles push, it doesn't mean they completely forget about all their friends. In WWE, it sometimes does, sure, but hopefully they wouldn't do this here. But Kofi Kingston, I think that the st- like continuity-wise, it would make sense with all those backstage segments and stuff that Kofi should be the one to do it because. Biggie and Xavier, as as their characters and real life, they want him to do it. Uh, me personally, I want Xavier Woods to do it. I feel like Xavier Woods is the the guy with the, weirdly the guy with the most potential. There, he's an excellent underdog. I've loved him from his Consequence Creed days in TNA. Consequences Creed. Consequences Creed. <laughs> what did I say? Consequence Creed. Consequence Creed. <laughs> that was his pre. That was, that was before pre- he became oh, okay. Consequences. I see. Uh, back when he was. Uh, it's like Alien and Aliens. <laughs> okay. And uh, he's such a good babyface. He's a really good wrestler. And it, even though he's a shorter guy, I feel like he's got s- such a good physique, it doesn't. It kind of makes up for that. Kind of like Buddy Murphy is a shorter guy because he's so physically impressive. And he's got the huge YouTube following as well. That all makes sense and you can you can build that in. People want to get behind him. Uh, but the, So there's that. that's my personal pick but then there's the reports that came out last week that wwe backstage are looking at giving big e this big singles push because he's and big because he's big and well he's he's wide isn't he mm-hmm. he's not that tall actually at, at all no but, but he but he is big he's got a very unique shape about him he's very strong uh so he's he's a guy who could who could do it as well uh i'm i mean wwe are in a very good position where three guys are all equally brilliant in their own special way. That's probably why they're such a good unit. Uh, and, but for a ladder match for Money in the Bank, I would say it's between Kofi and Xavier for me. And is do you want the veteran or do you want to elevate a younger guy? 
Mm-hmm. So, and for me, it's the younger guy with Woods. That is uh, that is where I would uh, fall as well. I think that Woods is it would be my pick to go in there. I think we said this on yesterday's show that Biggie would be my third pick to go into this match, and that's actually that's not a slight against Biggie because I think he is really awesome. And in fact, actually, like during his feud with uh, the Usos, when all of a sudden he became that serious Biggie, like he just had that sudden turn where he stopped just doing goofy nonsense of throwing out pancakes, and was like it was like it's get real son promo. It was oh, I was awesome. I think he could be a really great upper mid-card main event talent but for me at this point if there's one guy that I want to see go ahead in a singles career it's Xavier Woods the interesting thing about Big E is he doesn't need the money in the bank ladder match he he's he can get over by himself as a singles and Xavier Woods could as well but I feel like he'll he's him being in the ladder match has the most upside for him out of the three Mm -hmm. if you're thinking about it in where everyone can end up net moreover i feel like that's the way to go my question to you would be do you want to see the new day implode are you ready to see them done as a tag team yes yes i don't want to see them implode turn heel and split uh but i you know that they've done everything they can do they can still reunite as as matches in fact it's probably best for them like to to keep as a two person tag team and for one of them to go off into a, a mid card title picture and see where it all ends up and then you know maybe a year down the line you have a big six man feud that you need to do uh, yeah. What yeah. about you? I'm, I'm in a similar boat, actually. I think they've done pretty much everything they can do now. And I think because they are like such massive merchandise sellers, you can't really afford to, to break them up in the in the traditional sense. But to do what you were just saying then, of just like keeping two of them as a tag team and one of them getting a bit of a singles run, kind of like what they did with The Shield, where you had Seth and Roman were the tag team and Dean, and Dean was your singles star. You can do that. And then you could do... Xavier Woods can go off and do his feuds over here while Kofi and Biggie remain as tag champs. Or, you know, or as a tag team competitor. And SmackDown does need to kind of... I feel like it needs to bolster its tag team division ever so slightly because you've got the Bludgeon Brothers, you know, dominating. But then, like, they haven't done anything really since WrestleMania because the Usos haven't been on TV. Galanderson haven't been seen since they came over. They had that one moment with AJ and that's it. Hell of a Kinshasa from Shinsuke. Hell of a Kinshasa. It's, compl- it's taken them out so much they're not even getting booked. It's, yeah, it's taken them Carl Anderson out so much. Luke Gallows is off. <laughs> exactly. So it's... So I feel that they need to keep hold of at least a tag team in there because if the if New Day go, then that's one less tag team you've got in the division. Sanity, Sanity apart from when Sanity comes across, which we'll come on to in a minute, because like I mean, I'm now almost certain that's where they're heading with the the Bludgeon Brothers promos. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we get on to the main review, oh, we've reeled you in because we've got some pledgehammer shout-outs to do. Those are people who donate to WrestleTalk's Patreon page or $25 or more, which gets you a shout-out on this show. And if you were... You don't know the concept behind this bell. It's a Hall of Fame ring. Such a good pun. Get it? Such a good pun. Thank you. So, thank you, Dead the Pool Warrior. You looking forward to seeing the sequel? Uh, no. You loved you loved the first one. I thought the first one was a three star movie. Maybe a two. I'd have given it a two and a half on Letterbox. I was reading the reviews yesterday, and it said uh, if you loved the first one. You'll, you probably really will like the second one, but if you didn't like the first one, probably not for you. And I thought, I'm going to force Luke to see it anyway. <laughs> Which is essentially why I went to go see the first one anyway, because you and I were doing a movie review podcast, and I had to go and see it so we could do a review of it, even though I wasn't that keen on it, because I don't like Deadpool comics. Deadpool, Neither do I, but I really like the movie. Deadpool comics aren't as funny as they think they are, and the film was just as obnoxious. What about this guy, though? Uh, Britain's next top model, Phil Stopford. The stepbrother, Brendan McCulloch. Killer Chris Phillips. The real true heel, Len Bren. Just realised my um, stepbrother gag doesn't work anymore because I thought it was um, Clough. Um, I, because it sounded like Brendan Huff is the character in Step Brothers. Wow, that is it was, tenuous. It, oh, it was. It was a deep cut, but it doesn't really work anymore. Uh, Jonathan, the headmaster headman. The mayor of Painesville. Dan. Dan. We love you, Dan. From Je- from Austria, I hear. That's where he's from. <laughs> That's a personal joke for you, Dan, that yeah. you'll, you'll get to hear about more in uh, Ramble Club. Uh, Draft House Games. The Sea Cred Society. Lewis Not-So-Nature Boy Milroy. Steep Climb, James McMahill. You sold out, Jay Sellers. Juan de Dios, Infinite Gaulette. Jo- Corey. Just Corey. Let's have a drink, Christopher Travis Merriman. And Daniel J. Great Scott. It's a Smackdown review, Magal, I love it. We got us a flying Uso. So the full episode of Smackdown kicked off with AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura in like a video package. It was a new way of presentation. It was just like still images and the commentators talking over it. I suppose in place of Shane McMahon coming down and saying, hey, yo, this is what's been happening for the last few weeks, or just a standard video package. I, it was fine. I just, why not just do a normal video package? Well, I I think this is the way they do their video packages now, because what they really like, what WWE really like is when they get mainstream 
um, attention is when they get like websites writing stuff about them. So they like to promote the fact they're like, hey, CBS is talking about a Ronda Rousey match. So they put like, you know, so they have like still images of it and then say Bleacher Report have done a review of it. And they said that this video package was essentially to design, it was to trick us, I suppose. It trick? Was to, it was trick. It was supposed to trick us into believing that this has been like an all-time classic feud um, that like everyone has been raving about. Mm. Uh, and that was leading up to, and this was, I found stunning. And I got slightly confused when watching the promo for SmackDown Live. And then maybe it's just because I didn't want to believe this was happening. Because then when I was chatting to some guys on the tube back, they were like, yeah, and it's um, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura tomorrow. And I was like, is it? Mm. Because, I mean, that just doesn't make any sense whatsoever why they would have a match now. It makes total sense, Luke, because they've got to decide what the stipulation is for Money in the Bank. Oh, cool. So we're having a match to set up the same match yes um, awesome cool i love it when i get to see a main event on tv for free mm. to build up a match that's going to be on pay-per-view that i have to pay for yes it is it's it's not how i would do it um the wwe are just scraping by with this because aj styles and nakamura are very good together especially with nakamura being a heel because imagine if this was all the case without a heel turn. Yeah, no. This would be atrocious, and we'll, we'll be like, "No, don't keep doing this match over and over again." But the, the the fact of the matter is, they have had four very good matches now, including the one tonight, uh, or the the last night. But yeah, it, it's insane. Like, why would you? I hate it when they do a match to build a match without the title on the line to build to a title on the line because it it yeah, you give it away and you overexpose the action and on top of the three matches we've had in just like four or five weeks already wrestlemania wasn't that long ago and we've now seen aj versus nakamura four times we're going to have seen it five times by the time money in the bank rolls around on june 16th i think it is so it's so typical of wwe oh you like that thing you want that thing we're not going to give it to you forever and then we're going to give it to you too much. Yeah, it is, it's total overexposure. And not only that, but when you do the match to build to a match, one person has to lose. So AJ Styles lost the match. I mean, with spoilers for the main event. But AJ Styles lost. So now we're going into this title match with him as a loser. And a, a much better way, a much simpler way of doing this would have been doing to beat the clock. Yes. Where, they, where they just had two singles matches and the person who pins their opponent the quickest, or if they indeed pin their opponent, which you would want them to, pin their opponent the quickest, gets to choose the stipulation. Therefore, both men win, and then you're having a battle of who's the best winner, as opposed to just another match where one of them is a loser and one of them was a winner. It's And it's, it's really funny as well, because last week you and I were talking about how it's quite interesting because AJ won. Um, at Wrestlemania but then the other two have been these cluster F finishes so we don't know who the real decisive winner of this feud is now but now we sort of know because Nakamura won and then they're just going to have this match again at, uh, at Money in the Bank the other exciting thing about that was that they were setting up Daniel Bryan they were setting up Samoa Joe you had this mix of four legit top guys who were all over in their own way with their characters as they're meant to be and now it's and I'm you know it's AJ and Shinsuke. I'm not I'm not too upset by that, but it's almost like because Money in the Bank is coming up, you've got to have a lot of people going into that match. So I assume we're losing Joe to the Money in the Bank match. Daniel Bryan inexplicably is carrying on a feud with Big Cass when you could you could draw out these four to five AJ Nakamura matches 
over the course of six months to nine months or even a year by interspersing Joe and Brian have a triple threat, have a, a four-way, have it Joe versus AJ, have it Brian versus Shinsuke. You know, you weave those all in and you tell a longer story. You don't, like, do... It's like how I used to eat my dinners. I used to be very particular as a, as a child. And I would go, okay, I'll eat all my beans first, then I'll eat all the mashed potato, then I'll eat all the sausages. Because like, that was how my mind worked. Mm-hmm. And then my, you know, every, all my parents would say, mix them. All of your parents. All of my parents <laughs> would say, mix them. Have a little bit of beans and mashed potato and a sausage. And I'd be like, no. That's madness. It's crazy. I've got to complete each level. Yeah. There's a structure to this dinner, and I'm not going to mess it about. And then I started eating that way. It's so much better because you get the different flavours and the tastes all clashing against each other. That's the point of a meal, right? Otherwise, you would just eat single things yes. throughout the day. And that, that's a very weird analogy. I'm hungry, guys. Is I'm quite I'm quite peckish. Yeah, I haven't we, we, ha- we haven't had lunch yet. Um, I, I, I made this point in the SmackDown review as well. Is that this is the fourth match in six weeks that they have had. Um, and you can, and they're going to have another match again in a, in a few weeks' time. Compare that to you know what is actually considered to be an all-time great feud between uh, Kazuchika Okada and Kenny Omega, who are setting up their fourth match in eighteen months. Like that is an eighteen-month storyline to build to this this ultimate match here. And that's who's more excited for that match? Am I am I excited to see AJ versus Shinsuke again in a few weeks' time? Or am I excited to see Omega Ricardo 4? Because it's been 18 months in the in the works. And almost a year since the, the last, last encounter. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that's in the Tokyo Dome. <clears throat> so that, or it's, I don't know if it is actually in the no, Tokyo I don't Dome. I think it is. It's somewhere in Japan, which makes it immediately more exciting. Yeah. But you're totally right. I mean, it, yeah, the beat the clock challenge would have been the better way to do this. Or like, I, I mean, even a tag match. I don't, like, that's not as good, but something. Something. Anyway. Rather than terminal. But the reason why, really, the reason why we got this match is because they're in the UK. And it's sort of seen as like a, a special attraction thing. It's like, hey, when you come to the UK, you get a WrestleMania quality main event. You know, you don't get that if when we're in the States, but over here we do the so and they did uh Cena Shawn Michaels doing the hour long uh, match on that raw taping that one year. But there is a, there is a dark match. Yeah, well, no, I know you can't promote yeah. that on TV as much, but yeah. I think the dark match was um, Jeff AJ Hard- versus Nakamura <laughs> again. I think it was Hardy Miz. Yeah, apparently Hardy might have been injured. That's what I read. Oh, really? He, he looked like he was limping. but So the, the show kicked off after that announcement that Nakamura and AJ would be facing each other again with Daniel Bryan coming out following last week's loss to Rusev. And they played this up really well. Bryan came down, you know, and it just it felt like they were making a big deal of a match result without a title on the line it was just Brian lost Rusev won and both of their storylines and their characters now are affected by that that outcome Rusev is very happy he's on the ascent Brian here a bit more somber and Rene Young talks to him about it in the ring and the crowd would not stop chanting Daniel Bryan even when Renee was talking, why did she carry on talking? Because that's the script. I know, but like, <laughs> there's, no, there's no pause there to let the crowd chant. But Renee, you, you gotta like let the crowd. This is that was a, a lovely organic reaction. And the, Daniel Bryan clearly saw this and was just like he just grabbed it. He was just like just let them do it, feel this. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a wonderful, wonderful moment. But then like it's it's interesting as well that you say there that you felt that they were really following up on the the loss to Rusev last week because I didn't really get that mm. from this. 
because Renee Young's promo after that was just like, hey, you won at WrestleMania, you did this, you did this, you did this, you did this, what's next? And then he was like, cool, I'm going to be at the top of the card, I'm going to be WWE champion. And then Big Cass came out. But there was a massive, there was a mad awkward pause while they were waiting for Big Cass to come out. Missed his cue. Yeah, yeah. Renee should have, I'm a huge fan of Renee, mm-hmm. but she should have been better in this segment. Like, yeah. She should have let the crowd chant, even if she's told not to, just, you know, do what's best for best for business best for tv uh but there's yeah i i felt like they did probably not as much as you you're right they should have made it a more integral part yeah if it was proper storytelling but this is it's a win for wwe they they slightly paid attention to a match yeah. result well that's the thing is they they last week we took a bit of flack in fact i took a lot of flack because i was quote too uh, too negative on smackdown a show i gave four out of five to but it's uh because the wwe story they were telling was that brian is an underdog and it's, it's the underdog story. That's what Brian has always been. Um, but yeah, that wasn't really followed up on here, particularly when... Um, so Cass comes down. Cass cuts this long promo on Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan about how much Daniel Bryan sucks, trying to make the claim that he tapped out quickly at Backlash because he wanted to get out of the hold and beat Brian down. And you know, he's making all these things. He's like, wherever you go, and there's going to be the seven-foot shadow hanging over you. I'm big, Cass. You're small. I'm big. I'm better than you. Then you go in the ring, and Daniel Bryan quite easily beats him up. And I just thought to myself, it's, like, it's really hard to get invested in an, in an underdog story when the underdog keeps winning. And a big monster, big tall guy who keeps yeah. on getting tapped out. Yeah. Like my favourite... Oh yeah, because he tapped out again in this segment. Very like, quickly. Like yeah. my favourite sports movie uh, is The Mighty Ducks. And do you know why I like The Mighty Ducks? It's cause the Mighty because Ducks, it was made in the 90s. And I love, bloody love the 90s. Because The Mighty Ducks is about this ragtag group of team that comes together. And what's brilliant about this as an underdog story is that they're just awesome from the start. And then they win all their matches and they get to the big final and they win the final really easily because it's a true underdog story. And being facetious, they don't. They have to overcome the odds in order to win. Because that's how an underdog story works. I haven't seen it for a while. I was like, really? Is that how they... (laughs) No, no, because that would be a terrible film. Hey, that's booking strong. That squash (laughs) matches all the way through. That approach works well as well. But you're right, it's not the underdog story they're trying to tell. Uh, I was... It was... Cass's promo here was good it had it had like the the words were good some of the the bits were good where it's like should daniel bryan stay at home and let brie wear the trousers yes yeah and he did a few but just like it was too much he had like five different bits like that in this whole thing and after a while you're like not only are you bored by cass even though he's got good stuff and his delivery is good it's just too long you're also thinking daniel bryan why are you just standing there why haven't you ran out and started to shut his mouth? He proved his point when he got in the ring, I suppose. He didn't, yeah, he, he, well, did, he, he didn't need to say anything because as soon as as soon as Cass got in the ring, he just single like the referees saved the day essentially. If the referees weren't there, Daniel Bryan would have like put him on the injured list. Yeah, so I just I, it yeah. It went I, on I see, what you, I see yeah. what you mean, absolutely. But that's it's it's WWE scripting of just like I've got to wait until this person has finished their lines. Yeah, your go, my go. Yeah, it's how they structure their matches as well. It is. Yeah, heat on me. Now I come back. Yeah. Uh, then we got the New Day versus the Bar match with Miz on commentary because he's already in Money in the Bank. Uh, this was this was good. Uh, it was good. It was very good. Yeah, as always. It, absolutely. Yeah, it was a formulaic WWE tag team match, but really fun. And I really like Cesaro and Woods working together. Um, some nice, uh, good finish as well with the uh, the springboard elbow onto Cesaro. I liked it. Yeah, and uh, Miz, Miz was really good on commentary, I thought. Yeah. He was doing a great job about putting these guys oh, over. Yeah, he was really putting Cesaro yeah. over strong. And, and Xavier. Egg, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's cool. 
and Woods won with the up, up, down, down elbow. And that's where Corey said, oh, we're about to see the implosion of the New Day. Uh, you know, another another argument for Woods. I feel like Woods has been showcased more than the other two guys over the last couple of months. Yeah. You know, it's always Woods that gets those singles matches. It was Woods who did the, the Sheamus and Cesaro thing. Woods was the focal point of the Bludgeon Brothers beatdown. Yeah, and he was in the US title uh, tournament as well, yes. as opposed to the other two. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I really I really do hope they do something with Xavier. Yeah. But from tag team division to tag team champions, it's the Bludgeon Brothers with a promo. Spooky promo, and they were running down the tag team division. They were saying, like, we, we're, you know, families are silly. And they show a picture of the Usos. And it was like, uh, and I can't remember what they said about Galanderson. Well, well, I've written down that line. Oh, excellent. Family is weak. Okay. Talking about the Usos. You called the Bludgeon Brothers. <laughs> is this not... I did not think of that. I know... I know... <laughs> No one oh, flagged really, that up. I really chuckled. That tickled me. That yeah. <laughs> Family is weak, though. Bludgeon Brothers. Um, and but I, my p- uh, point really was they keep talking about how they've beaten Galanderson, but they haven't. We haven't. Like they might have done on house shows, but I've not seen it. WWE said enough. I'm sure it actually happened. Yeah. And it's true. Uh, this was this was fine. It's just it's it's been too many weeks now. That have we? What have they done since WrestleMania? Greatest Royal Rumble. <coughs> Yeah. They had the stuff with Naomi. Oh, yeah. Where that did that nowhere. go? Oh, man. That yeah. was actually quite good. It was going. It felt like it was going somewhere, mm. yeah. Twitter. That's yeah. where it went. And they said at the end of this sort of tag division rundown, the only cure to all them being lame is bludgeoning. Yeah. And then they hit the camera. It's got to be sanity. Bludgeon, bludgeoning stupid. <laughs> it's... It is. It's such a stupid gimmick, and that because it's so stupid, it's it's quite a fine line of of if I find it stupid annoying or if I find it stupid fun. And this was a stupid annoying week. Although it just every time I hear it, though, it puts a bit of a smile on my face, kind of like Thanos. It puts yeah. a smile on my face only because a line that's not in the movie. Line, only because uh, in D and D, I deal in bludgeoning damage. My that's all my weapons are. So. It makes me smile a little bit. I'm glad it's over with you, at least. It is. Paige was backstage talking on a phone next because that's what general managers do. They just talk on phones while the show's going on. But at least we got to hear who she was talking to. Well, at least we found out who she was talking to because it was baby girl Carmella. And then baby girl Mandy Rose and baby girl Sonia Deville walked in. Um, I'm not done with the mobile phone stuff, Luke. Okay, no, you carry on. I'm, I'm, it's just, it's such a lazy way to start every segment. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh yeah, I'm, oh you caught me mid-conversation. <clears throat> yeah, I'm just finishing off that. It's, it's. I, I get why they do it, because why would you have someone just standing there and someone walks in? Yeah. But surely there's got to be a better way. Well, they don't have a desk they can sit behind where they can do paperwork. Like, that's the problem. You need, like, the commissioner's office. Yeah, like, co- like, William Regal's commissioner's office. A commissioner's desk where, like, uh... Like Zelina's mid-conversation, where I want this for my debut, or like there's a referee going, "Oh, I don't know, we we the Bludgeon Brothers are scary," and Paige is like, "Yeah, book them in a match." Oh, hi, Absolution, you know, but just you mean like NXT does it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so Paige was on the phone and she was talking to Carmella because Carmella is setting up for her royal celebration, and Paige revealed that she has not been invited to the royal wedding. Because she's English, you see, and that's what happens. You just mm. get invited to things, to British things, when you're British. Did you not get invited? Uh, no, I actually did not get my... I'm busy that day. I was already oh. going to a barbecue to celebrate the royal wedding. Uh, oh, wow. Did you get your invite? 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Me and Harry are like that back from his uh, party Zane. days. Yeah. Dressing, yeah. dressing up Me as a Nazi. Me and Sammy yeah. Yep. Um, not you, obviously. Uh, Harry did that. Naughty boy. But anyway, baby girl, uh, Mandy Rose and baby girl, Sonia Deville, walked in. And uh, Mandy Rose pointed out that, hey, I beat Becky Lynch last week. Surely that means I'm in money in the bank now, right? And Paige said, no. And she was like, oh, but why not? And she goes, well, you're going to be in a match later on. Um, where you can be in a chance to win in Money in the Bank. And they're like, oh, cool. So we're both going to get to be in Money in the Bank. I was like, it's a triple threat. Like, after every line, I was like, it's a triple threat. It's a triple threat. It's a tri- it took so long to get to the point. It turned out to be a triple threat match with Becky Lynch. Yeah. So yeah. they're going to have to absolution implodes. Yep. Oh, the mega powers explode mm. uh, when Sonya, Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose are going to collide in the ring. It's not just the, the triple threat format. It's how many times do Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville have to approach Paige to realise she's not on their side anymore. <laughs> I mean, it was quite definitive a couple of weeks ago, right, when Paige said absolution is dead. Yep. Don't get your banned from ringside. But they still, hey, Paige, how's it going? Eh? 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 That's an interesting fact. Do you want a fact? I'd love well, a fact. actually, is this a fact? Uh-oh. This is, is this an 80% fact? It's a rumour, oh. I think. Because I read it on Reddit, <clears throat> and then I followed the tweet link, and it seemed to be true, but I remember thinking, hmm, there's not anything that confirms the original Reddit comment. So, oh, I'm going to proceed without caution. <laughs> uh, so, Sonia Deville is currently dating... Zara Schreiber, who is the ex-girlfriend of Seth Rollins. Really? It seems to be. Like This was on Zara's... Um, it was like a tweet she put out, and she said how two years ago when she said she was dating a girl, her mum was like, I don't want to hear about it, but now she's really into it, and she's it, she, she made sure to watch the telly last night. Hmm. A, sort of, And that was tweeted when the Sonya Deville match was on. Interesting. There you go. You know, there you go. timing is everything, I suppose. <laughs> uh, backstage, Renee Young uh, interviewed AJ Styles, and Renee asked him about what his stipulation was going to be if he wins. And AJ was like, "You mean when I win?" And then he started talking about uh, inverse ladder matches, mm. uh, a pole on a pole match, a uh, bull rope hell in a cell inferno match. I like, like that one. He's like, you know, the, it sounded like my mate Graham booking uh, wrestling back in the, uh, the late nineties and early two thousands. We that one of my favorite. Uh, wrestling road stories which is a bunch of us in a car coming back from a wrestling show and we're trying to keep each other awake because it was like 4am a long drive back and we just started okay fantasy book your dream card and everyone did like you know normal d- but good dream matches and then one guy I won't say his name but he knows who he is because we still rib him about it he says yeah I'd have Taz and uh, Ken Shamrock and Chris Benoit, and it was it was like a six person Hell in a Cell ladder match. Nice with the and ladder up on top of the cell. Yeah, that's exactly what my mate Graham booked yeah. back in like the early days. He's like, why don't they do Hell in a Cell ladder matches? That would be so cool. Maybe even put like some fire around it. Like that's what they should definitely do. I don't know why they book that. They don't mm. book that. And then you realise reality. <laughs> exactly. Because it would be incredibly dangerous. But I, I thought that was uh, that was good. But next up, we had Andrade Cien Almas' debut versus the UK's 
Jake Constantino. Yes, uh, squash match for Andrade. Mm. Um, it's funny, my friend Kel was at the uh, the show last night, and uh, he was texting me, I was like, mate, you got to get the Almas debut. Um, and he was like, yeah, I'm really excited about that. He said, do you think it'll be a squash match? I was like, no, man, Jeff Hardy hasn't got a program. I'm telling you, it's gonna, they've got to bring him in big. They're going to bring him in big, and it's going to be like an, an upper mid-card program. And I just got a message from him later on that night. I was like, no, it was a jobber. And I was like, yeah. ah. But, so I, I went and I was like, no, this... This is so uninspiring. Mm. Andrade came down. He beat up this lad. He won in a you know in a minute or so. But then Selena Vega cut a promo that was just like this was rubbish. Like we are genuine stars. Why are we being booked in squash matches? We're so much better than this. And all of a sudden I was like, I'm in. This was this is great. Mm. This is a great way because like it's a typical WWE thing to do is to book someone in a, into a squash match to debut them on TV. But they're like, we're so much better than this. Where's our title shots? Where's my title shot? I loved. I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed yeah. the promo more than like I think as a, a segment works when you have the the, the final piece. Mm. But without that final piece, it was awful. I I mean, it wasn't awful, was it? It was it was just a squash match. But it wasn't a squash match where Andrade really got himself over it was you know he's cool but if you didn't know if you weren't familiar with his nxt run as i'm sure the majority the vast majority of uh, smackdown viewers weren't it's like well what's what's there special about this guy that you've showed me in this squash match against the guy that i've never seen before who's quite obviously just in the local jobber spot uh and and then like yet yeah, zelina vega i hope she lasts and she doesn't get the what was his name Paul Ellering treatment, and she did cut that good promo. She, you know, we're here to take over, but over like did nothing, nothing screams stellar about this to me. No, exactly. Like it's if next week if they do a page, you know, pages on the phone, and then Zelina Vega and Almas walk in and be like, "Look, we want something better than that." Then that they kind of you follow up with that, and then he can get inserted into you know a money maybe turn it into a money in the bank qualifier triple threat match like he gets put into that with joe and cass and do something like that so you can kind of use this segment to further a storyline yeah but if almost if almost just shows up next week again and has another squash match then this train could could fall off the wagon soon i get i get that fall off the track soon it's like and it's like how many uh people that the track record of nxt call-ups not fulfilling their potential is so numerous and so weighted in the not working out balance uh it's just that you you only get one chance for a a main roster debut Mm. and this this wasn't worth it it's Uh, funny actually i was just i was just reading about that exact um thing in a um uh, well what i've got here is issue four of uh, of the wrestle talk magazine which which has an article here uh post wrestlemania is traditionally call-up season for stars of the nxt roster luke cohen takes a gander at previous call-ups and wonders if prom if promotion to the main roster is all it's cracked up to be and it is it's an article written by myself uh, about nxt call-ups and how a lot of them haven't been that great over the years i like that caption on no way jose that says adam rose circa 2018 question mark that was not my edition but i like it uh this is a great publication look an an exclusive interview with paul Heyman by kenny mcintosh You can watch the full interview using groundbreaking QR codes. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. The march to the the women, the Ronda Rousey stuff, loads of WrestleMania coverage, all the the indie shows that have happened. Yep. this is superb. Uh, a whole piece 
on Daniel Bryan's return to the ring by the former editor of beloved UK wrestling magazine, now defunct Power Slam, Finlay Martin. And there's wow. even there's even a uh, a, re, a, re, a revisit to WrestleMania Nine, where um, we're actually talking about how we th- think it's not that terrible a show. At least uh, whoever wrote the piece thought as I much. Think it's Dixon, isn't it? I think uh, it was Dixon. Dan. Yeah. Um, but you can actually listen to that article by using wow. this groundbreaking technology called QR codes, and it's read by me and you read articles in the magazine as well yeah audio version audio version this is amazing it's lovely stuff wow but well I, you can get those by clicking the link in the video description below please do we're very proud of our wrestle talk magazine put a lot of work into it and it's superb but back to the almas point um because if you just like if almas comes out again and just a squash matches as you said like the track record of nxt call-ups isn't all that particularly great because i mean you've only got to look at the authors of pain like where have they been because they weren't brought up into a storyline they were just brought up into squash matches and haven't been on tv for a, a number of weeks now they were on main event this week yeah like after a while it's just like well we can't just do another squash match and we haven't got a story for them so just put them on main events it's just like of all the we fantasy book loads of stuff that's like we like to do that off camera as well We're like oh how would you do this how would you do that and andrade is a guy who could be your next big latin american hero why would you why would you not put all your resources behind him to give him an impactful first impression like i said you only get one but you just do it in the standard squash and there's nothing wrong with introducing people as in squash matches but it is the lazy route to do and you could have done something a lot more impactful imagine if he just comes in and he wins his money in the bank uh, qualifier right away yeah that would have been a much better way to do it and quite decisively against jeff hardy and randy orton and actually do you want to i mean if you i'm not saying this is what i would have done but if you want to talk about like a shocking debut and something that was like really impactful if they had done this beat the clock gimmick if he'd have beaten aj styles so wow, like that's a good idea so like everyone was is expecting that nakamura and aj win their matches it kind of goes against my point i made earlier of like that both winners then go into fight who's the better winner but man like how over does that get almas yeah and it's that plays quite nicely with audience expectations of how those beat the clock formats usually go and you, you set up another person in that mix who can potentially challenge for AJ's title down the line. Now you've got five people with a, four, four people with legitimate claims against Styles' title, and he's defending from all angles. Yeah, that would have that. I actually really, really like that. Even though it involves beating AJ, yeah, it doesn't involve beating AJ by the guy he's going to face anyway. Next up, we had Rusev, who is very happy with himself. He's got his own room in London. We treat him well. Well, Aiden English got him the room. Like, yeah, so Aiden, Aiden English, like, went out and he hired him a private room backstage and he set up this little table that had, I think, some chicken legs on it and pictures of Rusev and a, a Rusev Day t-shirt hanging up. And Rusev said, like, I mean, this room is nice, but you could have done better. And English was like, well, we are in England and England is smelly. Mm. Therefore, local sports team can't get uh, a better room. Great. So that's, that's all fine. He's going to debut a new song at Money in the Bank and then... Uh, Yoko Ono walked in uh, Lana she walked in complete with accent this time mm. and I suddenly thought I was like oh no I forgot about this they were going to be breaking up New Day but it appears that they're not now it appears they're sticking together as a threesome as a three person unit 
Lovely stuff. Lana wears the hell out of a Rusev Day t-shirt. I mean, I'm not... Yeah, she does. It's yeah. that... She looks great in that Rusev Day t-shirt. And she has got a match next week against uh, Billy Kay of Iconics uh, for a spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Because they want to be the first ever Mr. and Miss- Mrs. Money in the Bank. What a great gimmick it's that is. It's a great idea. That's awesome. And that, yeah, they all did Rusev Day together at the end. Uh, no sign of a breakup. Really, really happy that they're hopefully taking this route and this isn't just a swerve for the eventual turn. This is, if they can stick together, this is thumbs up all round. And Rusev being happy, Matt, like, how can you not love the guy? He's got such a genuinely endearing happy face. Yeah, yeah. So that was good stuff. What wasn't so good... (laughs) Segway. ...was the Royal Melibration. This was announced last week. It was Carmella's... Royal style celebration of her beating Charlotte uh, at Backlash, and she got the full work. She got a town crier, kind of. I guess he's not. He's not a town. There's a more official title for that. Yeah, a town crier is what I wrote in my mm. uh, in my uh, review. Who who like reads off a long list of Carmelo's intros. Uh, my favourite being from the Isle of Staten. Yes, that, that was, was nice. Um, I mean, you say that she got the full work. She got a town cry some beef eaters. Then that, that was it. And well, was... man, there was a red carpet in the ring and a few leopard print throws. <laughs> Hanging over the mm. ring posts. Yeah. So like, and I, like the beef eaters <laughs> came out and they presented the championship on like a velvet pillow. I thought that was a really nice touch. And then uh, Carmella came out, moonwalked in high heels, which I think is, is very impressive. She grabbed the tile, she walked down, and then she cut a standard Carmella promo. And but the promo kind of consisted of that everyone here doesn't think that I deserve this title, which would be a really interesting character if she didn't beat Charlotte at Backlash. And she says, like, I'm better than Charlotte, I'm better than Becky Lynch, I'm better than Sasha Banks, I'm better than Ronda Rousey. Each one of them getting increasingly more pops. The loudest pops, however, came when she mentioned Trish Stratus and Lita. And I was like, mm, it really shows how not over some of your female talents are when women wrestlers from 18 years ago are getting bigger pops than you are. But anyway, it was it was a perfectly standard Carmella promo. It's just that you had all the potential of this royal Carmelabration celebration, this is hard to say, uh, thing. Where you just, yeah, like you said, they just have a few people at the top of the ramp and then it just falls apart. Not falls apart, but just flattens out into a normal Carmella thing. But there's so much you could have done with this. So much. Yeah. There's so much potential here. And they, they took the... No e- crown. They took the no easiest robe. way out of this, yeah. But anyway, Paige comes out and she says, you're going to have a map. Sorry, do you want to say something else? I was going to say, Paige came out. This is Paige in London for the first time since her retirement. Not the kind of big reaction i would have thought no and there was a pause in her promo as well to let the crowd chant like welcome back or welcome mm. home and not many people really did yeah i was surprised by that i thought it should be super over but no one no one really cared but i, th- I thought this this segment had such little heat anyway it was yeah and the page coming out into a you know into a home country didn't even manage to say but page came out to say that you've got a match at money in the bank and Carmelo's like, no, I don't want to have a match. And Paige's like, well, you've got to. And it's against this lady here. And out comes Asuka. Asuka got quite a nice pop. But I think it says a lot about SmackDown, WWE, Asuka, and losing the streak. That when she said, you've got a match at Money in the Bank, I was running through the names like, who could it be? I was like, oh, God, it's Charlotte again. <laughs> That's <laughs> I was, what I thought. I was like, well, it can't be this, Charlotte. <laughs> this is going to be, be good. good. Woo! But I thought I was like Charlotte's in the Money in the Bank match, so it's not oh, yeah. her. <laughs> um, and I was like, it's not Becky. 
And I, I, it took me ages. And then when Asuka came, I was like, oh, yeah, Asuka, of course. Because mm. they've, so, they've done nothing to follow up on the streak losing. And I've, I have little to care about this match. Yeah. Because it's likely that Carmella will win by DQ because they might not want to beat Asuka again. But there's every chance that they'll just have Carmella beat Asuka. Mm. It's, there's, there's no real... I guess Asuka winning would be good. That's that's the, the best thing for everyone here, I think, because Asuka is an extraordinary wrestler. Uh, but And when she came down, I was like, oh, man, I love Asuka. Her presentation, yep. the way she looks, love the it. way she moves, her music. And I, I was thinking, it is crazy how she hasn't won a main roster title yet. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, yeah. They, it, they've, yeah. They've seriously botched Asuka. It, it is. Um, yeah, I, I can't. I don't want to sound too much like a negative Nancy on this show. But yeah, they've they really screwed the pooch on this one. So Nakamura does an interview backstage next. He, he doesn't know what English is. He doesn't even know what winning or chance means now uh, in the Renee Young interview. And then it weirdly cut back to the, in my, the, the version of Smackdown I watched, it cut back to the, the ring and Paige weirdly promotes the card for the rest of the night and then walks out. Yeah, that it seemed uh, like that was for the live crowd only. It, I think it was, yeah. Was on fun. on the Nakamura It's interview. not live. How does that get how does that stay in? I don't know. But on the Nakamura interview, mm. uh, I thought it was really bizarre because Nakamura's whole gimmick at the moment this is like no speak English, but we all know that he does speak English and he's doing it to troll us. He's doing it to troll Renee Young. And then he, so Renee's there he's like oh what do you think of your chances and he's like oh, I don't know what chances means she's like well it means this he's like I don't know what that means either and he's just trying to and then he cuts a long pro in, promo in English but at no point did Renee Young be like I thought you couldn't speak English if the promo and then said ended we go sorry no speak English and then he walked off I'm like, that's awesome yeah like that's so good but he didn't he cut a promo in English and then he walked off and Renee Young was like well that's the interview over I guess that's a good point. That's a very good point, actually. And like, and the, the commentators did. I thought Corey Graves would be like, oh, it's a miracle, you can speak English again. Like, really ham it up. But they, they didn't. He just spoke English and then walked away. Mm. Really odd. Yeah, Paul Rene is, is getting a, a hard time of the presentation. She, she's been flattened out into that, that generic interviewer mode where yeah. she's not allowed to have a character. Next up, we got Becky Lynch versus Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville, which... What?! Becky Lynch won? Yeah, so Becky Lynch is trying to find her role within SmackDown Live. They're saying it in the match. She doesn't want to just be known as the Smack as the first ever SmackDown Live SmackDown Women's Champion. She wants to be champion again. And I was like, this is good, this is good storytelling. And I was genuinely actually surprised that she won this. I thought yeah. they might do the you know, not a losing streak gimmick, but like she just can't get that win. She can't find that what it is. But maybe she'll go into Money Bank. She won't win. She'll come very close and then not win. And then that will mm. further on this character, which I really, really like. But um, to the surprise of absolutely no one, Rose and Deville beat down uh, Becky Lynch. And then whoop, one of them turned on the other. And the other one got up and was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Because it happens in every single one of these three ways when you've got two best friends. They did this on Monday <laughs> with, with Alexa Bliss, Mickey James, and Bailey. They're the exact same spot. Yeah, they did. Oh, man. I, I thought uh, Sonia and Becky were pretty good working together. Mandy Rose is just there. Did you see the facts on the entrances? So, you know, they get the little sidebar that comes up and they're like, you know, this person did this before coming to WWE and this person has a. A degree in thugonomics or whatever in, yeah. the, in the side screen. So for Mandy Rose, she got she was a former fitness bikini model winner from 2014, and she got a bachelor's degree from somewhere. Sonia Deville comes out, and she's got 
lives with best friend Mandy Rose. <laughs> guess one of these. Guess which one of these two WWE really likes. Yeah, um, and they have given her the Emmalina gimmick, and this is everything Vince wanted for Emmalina. Yeah, and he's got it with Mandy Rose, and you know, she. I I don't mind the long entrance. I I I could watch Mandy Rose all day, uh, but not wrestling. I could watch Mandy Rose do everything but wrestle all day. It's, it's she does seem like a throwback to mm. like that 2006 era divas wrestling. Bless her yeah. heart. I don't think she's she's not terrible, but like in this in this match, she was totally outclassed by both Becky Lynch and Sonya Deville. I thought Deville was really really good in this yeah. match as well. I thought she had some really nice knee strikes and she had, she looked really cool. I thought I really like her presentation. I think she's awesome. I'm really like I really like Sonya Deville. I totally agree. I don't think she's. I'm not as into her as you are. That's you really that you really like her that much. I think she's good. Yeah, awesome's a strong word. Yeah, <laughs> I felt like you got carried away I, I with got your so, own things. So there. carried away it's with it. Sonya Deville. This is I, what... I like her. She's fine. <laughs> I mean, she's a total three star wrestler. Yeah. Fine. This is why I'm much better when I get to write things in the script because I'm like that was awesome, and then I go, well, what was it? Getting and then I carried go, away carry... again. <laughs> rain it back I in. Highlight delete. Good. Asuka. Becky, Sonia Deville, those are the three people the company <laughs> should be amount, built around. The amount of times I've written SmackDown like live review scripts and I've written great match, and then I've got to reread it, I was like, good. Yeah, <laughs> I do <laughs> that. I downgrade, good. Really good match to just good, good match. match. <laughs> a lot of superlatives get taken out when you when you uh, yeah. like look back on it. But this or just, was, yeah. this, this was a really good match, or fine TV match yeah. it gets replaced with. <laughs> <laughs> this was good. It had a good finish to it as well. Um, a nice spot when... Um, I mean, they were loudly calling spots, but they did like the superplex thing when Sonya Deville went to go uh, do a superplex. But uh, Mandy Rose got underneath her and got Deville up on her shoulders. And then Becky Lynch, rather than drop kicking off Deville, drop kicked Mandy and everyone just sort of crumpled down and looked like they'd all killed themselves. Um, and then uh, Deville hits the Shining Wizard for a near fall. Um, and... Uh, Oh, yeah, that's the finish, wasn't it? And then Becky locked them into Summer and won. Yeah, Rose like kind of collided with Sonya Deville. And yes. She's like, oh no, what do they do when you were just fighting each other? And Becky got her in the disarmor. Thank you. I think Becky would be a really good winner of the briefcase. I think that good that of all the people in there at the moment, I think she she could benefit the most, and it would be a nice close to the current losing streak or whatever they're doing with her character at the moment. Oh, imagine if she won the belt and then she didn't cash it in as a surprise she said like i'm gonna challenge you to this match and then through whatever she lost that match and then that's when she kind of snaps and that's what causes the heel turn and you can continue the program on with that oh i don't think you need a heel turn with i don't think you need a heel turn either but it feels like that's mm. where we're heading mm. i don't think turning a heel is the answer because she's a great baby I'd, face. I'd, yeah i'd like a, a retribution baby face coming good on on uh, coming out of the losing streak so we got samoa joe cutting an excellent promo as they all are with Joe, just oh, on a so just backstage good. on a phone. Uh, it's Joe versus Cass next week in a Money in the Bank qualifying match. And if that doesn't say Cass still has heat on him, <clears throat> I don't know what does. Yeah, he's getting choked out. Uh, yeah. 100%. I mean, Joe has to go. Into, I don't. I imagine Daniel Bryan is going to cost him the match, or either that, or Joe's going to win clean, and then Big Cass will be like, "It's because I was beaten down last week by that midget Daniel Bryan, or something along those lines." So we can have that long-awaited rematch at Money in the Bank. I feel like it's for everyone who's not familiar with the story. 
uh, there's multiple sites, Pro Wrestling Sheet Wrestling Observer, have have claimed, have reported that Big Cass has heat on him backstage because that little person segment he had in Montreal, he was told, just do the big boot. And Cass was like, no, I want to do more. I want to beat him up afterwards. And everyone said, no, don't do that. That's not the segment. And he was like, I feel like I really should. He took it to Vince McMahon directly. McMahon said, no, don't do that. I imagine because WWE don't want a video going around of a big guy beating up a little person. But did that like, with a big boot? Though? Yeah, but to that extent, I, I don't know. Uh, and he did it anyway. And then six days later, he taps out to Brian decisively in seven minutes. He's not on the next show. And here on SmackDown, he gets, you know, schooled by Brian pretty quickly again and taps like a, a wuss. And now he's in a match against Samoa Joe for a Money in the Bank qualifier. And they're both heels. That, that to me seems like he's got a bit. This is this is last year's Baron Corbin. It's it, there's a lot of parallels when it, he it, had heat. It, him. It's interesting. I'm not sure how much I totally buy into the story, only because he did the beatdown segment uh, spot on Brian after the backlash match, and no, it was before. It was the go home segment. No, no, I know. But at back, you said like and then he got the heat there and he lost at backlash. But he also beat down Brian after the backlash match. Mm. So it's not that he just had yeah, that yeah, thing. Yeah, I get that. There was there was a bit, and they like they were putting it was like, oh my god, look how dangerous Big Cass is. And um, yeah, and then he also came second in the Greatest Royal Rumble. Mm. So there is, you know, I don't, but I don't know. But that I, was before. That was after. Rumble was, that was, was oh, before that was before the was, go home yeah. backlash. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, it was. Anyway, regardless. So, um, but Want to jo- see Joe in a uh, Money in the Bank match, though. Totally, absolutely. But Joe cut this absolutely... Way- I-, I said in the review, I think he's just on a completely another level than everyone else in WWE when it comes to promos. So they keep him off live TV yeah. for multiple weeks. And speaking of which, uh, Iconics also cut a promo, they cut a cell phone promo, who are also brilliant, but in a different kind of way. Uh, the I'm, I'm so in love with these two. Yeah, they're really, really good. They Very are really funny. great. It was awesome. The main event was uh, what we already talked about at great length in the opening Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles we won't go into why the match is a bad idea uh, but have that as a big asterisk on top of all all the uh, applause we're going to give it now I assume yes because this was a very good match this was excellent I think it might be the best match they've had in this series so far oh you know what it might be because I like the greatest Royal Rumble match but it's got such a bad finish this, but the finish here was really good. That's what I mean. So I think as an overall package, you're right. Yeah, because this match had a finish, mm. whereas the other two didn't. They just had like just non-finishes because they didn't want to book a finish. Yeah. But this one actually had a, a winner coming out of it. So I think this is the best match that these two have had in the four they've they've had so far. It's amazing spots. Obviously, there was like the commercial breaks, which kind of slows down the pace of it a little bit. But I thought it was a really, really great match. It would have been really awesome uh, for you know for the London crowd there to, to see it live. It must have been really awesome. And the finish was great although you got to question what the referee was thinking mm. so AJ Styles sets up to do the phenomenal forearm the referee stands behind Nakamura like where what are you doing mate get out you're out of position and so but then Nakamura ducks AJ nearly hits the referee but stops himself and then as he's talking to the referee Nakamura grabs his nuts and falls to the floor it's like oh he hit me he hit me in the nuts and the rest like what'd you do that for and they're just like, oh, I didn't. But as they were arguing, Nakamura pops up, explodes suplex, Kinshasa, and he wins. A great finish. Really great finish. It ties into the story that they've been telling. It's Nakamura's mind games. I, I thought this was great. Really good. Yes, it's very good. And not just uh, a good match. Uh, like, the, the whole match leading up to it, there was a, a really nice sequence on the ring apron 
where they were both going yeah. back and forth trying to hit their respective moves. Uh, but the finish was excellent. And just Nakamura as a wrestler, like the heel turn in terms of a character has made him a much better character. But somehow it's made him a better wrestler, definitely. If you go back and you watch pre-heel turn Nakamura matches, they're, they're good. Like they get the John Cena one's really good. The Randy Orton one's good, you know, but mostly it's just like, yeah, they're good. But this, I swear, he's he's become a better wrestler because he's working stiffer. That there was a bit where he did a flying kick when AJ jumped off the top turnbuckle and he caught him in the neck. Uh, it looked fantastic. Got a great sound. Just yeah, the the actual striking style. I don't know why turning heel would have changed it. Maybe he just feels more invested in this. And he's more excited about it. So he's just working harder. Nakamura doesn't seem to be the the guy who is going to work hard if he's not interested in it. Kind of like Randy Orton. Like, if Orton's not into a match and Brock Lesnar, the match suffers. Whereas, like, your AJ's, your Kevin Owens is, they're going to always do their best to put on the match. But sometimes if, yeah, those other guys aren't motivated. Nakamura seems to be one of those guys because now he's got a heel turn to sink his teeth into. His actual physical wrestling is so, so much better. I completely agree. I think it's a motivation thing. I think he's just really motivated into this feud. And yeah, and I think that that really pays off. The Baron Corbin match is a classic example of like Nakamura just, you know, it was probably the worst match Nakamura has ever had in his entire life. But Nakamura wasn't particularly great in it either. And there's been quite a few matches where people have gone like, I don't see the whole hype about this Nakamura fella. And it's because Nakamura didn't really feel like he was ever enthused about anything that he was really doing, like the gender stuff in particular. But here, like, he just feels so much... He feels like the Nakamura that we've been wanting to see. And I, I, I really, really enjoyed this match. You know, as you said, huge asterisks by it, because I thought it was daft to put this on the show, and I think it's ridiculous to book this match to build to the same match we're going to see in a couple of weeks. And I know I've already had someone on Twitter say, like, oh, but it's going to be a, a stipulation, so it will be a different match. But it's the same match still. And... Uh, but it's... But the match was really good. Mm. So put a really to look at this from a positive side and ignore the silliness of it. This was a great match. Yes. Uh, so what did you give it? Overall? I gave it a smack bang in the middle. I would also give it a smack bang in the middle, uh, mainly based on that last match, more or less. Uh, the it's it's SmackDown's become a bit of a victim of its own success. We said outside earlier in that a couple of like before WrestleMania, if SmackDown put on this show. I'd say it was a smacktastic, a four out of five. But because that's because SmackDown was uninteresting most weeks. But SmackDown's been on a, a very good run recently, and the expectations have changed. So this this is really this is this is a good time for SmackDown. It it's is, exciting. yeah. There's lots of things that I'm really not feeling at the moment. I'm not into this Daniel Bryan underdog story because he's not an underdog. I'm not into this Carmella undeserving champion because she beat Charlotte. Uh, someone said to me on Twitter that it, it, she didn't beat her clean at Backlash. Basically, she bought, she beat her clean. She out-wrestled her throughout yeah. the entire match. That's more to the point. She did beat her clean. Well, no, they argued that because she got this, a slight leg injury that it wasn't a clean victory. Who argues that? So it was someone on it was uh, and the, when I did that YouTube video last week about pay per views oh. backlash. Someone said someone sent me a message on Twitter to say that. That's right. If it's not like the referee was trying to call it off, that's no, that's that's not how it works. Yes, it was, it was, <laughs> as I said, it was, that's a clean. It was a clean victory. Yeah. So so that character doesn't really work at the moment either. And then so now because of that, I'm not really interested in a feud with Asuka. Mm. Um, and the Styles Nakamura thing, aside from it being a great match. The stuff leading into their Money in the Bank match, just, I think, is very silly. Mm. But 
I, I just want SmackDown to be better because I think SmackDown should be better because they got the better roster of the two. It and is it's better. It is a you're right. It is a better show, but it should be like that. There, it is better. It's just like that's what like, that's your low bar. Mm. It's they're stepping over that bar at the moment when they should be like leaping over it because they've got such a great roster, such a great depth of talent yeah. that they should be putting on smacktastic smackdown shows each and every week. And yeah. they, they they don't. They put on smack bang in the middle shows every week. Come on, Ollie, hit me with some iTunes reviews and let's get the heckins on out of here. I'm going to hit you up, bro. Uh, from Chase Bishop, 6.25 out of 5 stars. The best wrestling podcast on the internet by far. Pritchard, Jericho and Cabana have nothing on Luke and Ollie. Keep up the good work, guys. Thank Don't you, Chase Bishop. Chase, I do not agree, but thank you very much. Um, Chase Bishop, 6.25 stars there have actually balanced out that four-star review. And overall, yep. we've got a mean of about 5.125. Excellent. Yes. Can I, um, on uh, Eric Bischoff's podcast, um, I only, I, I unsubscribed, I couldn't listen to it anymore, but he had um, a whopper on uh, this week's one, apparently. When um, So it was reported in 1996 that WCW approached Bret Hart with a money offer to be like, hey, why don't you come to WCW? And Dave Meltzer wrote about this in The Observer. Conrad brought this up on an episode of um, Eric Bischoff's podcast. Well, this is weeks. around Wrestling with Shadows time, right? And he's yes. entertaining multiple. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And Eric Bischoff's like, it's not true at all. Like, we never approached Brett with an offer. Um, we just fed that information to Meltzer so he would report it, and then Vince would um, it would panic Vince essentially. And that's what Eric Bischoff claims. Problem there, Eric Bischoff, is that Bret Hart also wrote about it in his book, and as you said. It's on Wrestling With Shadows. And Dave Mills was like, and I've had I had a lot of people in WCW and WF call me about the offer. Like, it's, that genuinely is an offer that they made in 1996. Um, but, like, it's Eric Bischoff trying to make the claim. There's like, yeah, we fed in that information to work Dave Meltzer. It's like, well, it worked so much because Bret Hart wrote about it in his book. <laughs> what? The wrestling promotion <laughs> should be more concerned about working the fans <laughs> into believing and investing in their characters Rather than Dave Meltzer. I know. It's a very meta... It's like when, you know, the Academy think that's all that matters mm. rather than the actual end viewer. Uh, and our final review is from Mighty Mikey. Undeniable. It is undeniable that this is the very best wrestling talk show and it comes from two undeniably sexy gentlemen. Thank, Thank you, you Mighty much. Mikey. Do you remember what that is from? No, I've got, I was going to bring this up. I was like, what... I don't remember us having a catchphrase that is undeniable. Oh, this is amazing because you even say it. It's on the intro of every single podcast that this. It shows how much I edit this show. Our our opening is they are undeniably, undeniably sexy. sexy. Ah, of course. Yeah, I guess if you listen to the show, you would know that joke. <laughs> you would know it. Hey, I'm I'm not a pod swafter. You are not. Well, I am. I'm. I'm here right now. Maybe we need a name for you as well. Someone, <laughs> An audience who, of one. Someone who partakes in the show but doesn't listen to it. Yeah, or edits it. So it's exclusively <laughs> me. I'm an I'm a I'm an Ollie Swafter. Yep. I don't know. We've got to get out of here, folks. We will see you on Saturday for our, our news magazine show. Crap gimmicks, it's all coming. Lovely stuff. See you then. Love you, bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.